Hello, everyone. Welcome to Six Figures, a podcast for entrepreneurs, where our goal is to motivate people to become business owners. And we try to provide you with the tools in order to be successful by using the experience of others. I'm your host tonight, Joe Fleetwood. And today we're going to talk about the tax business itself. Now, it's the beginning of the year, so it's that time again. But rather than talk about actually doing your ta- your taxes, we're going to talk about how you can get into the actual business of doing taxes and how you can get into it this tax season. Tonight we have Dr. Gwinetta Wright, owner of Expert Tax Services. So with no f- without further ado, Dr. Wright, thank you for joining the podcast this evening. Hello, thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. So tell everybody where you're from and uh where can they actually find you? So um I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Hometown. Um, Yes, our hometown. So I'm from Columbus, Georgia, um, but I reside in both Columbus and in the Atlanta area with both personally and with both my tax company. Okay, cool, cool. So before you actually got into doing taxes, what were you doing before that? Oh, you really want to know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, when I started doing taxes, um, I actually worked at a um, manufacturing company. I built refrigerators. I worked at Kaiser Warren for like eight and a half years. Okay. Well, see, here's why I asked that question and why I think that's mm-hmm. important because everybody, before they, um, you know, decide to go into a business, they had a life before that. So we were all doing something prior right. to we, we, we found our niche and we got into our own lane and we found that groove to settle down in. So that's why I like to ask that question. But I'm quite familiar with Kaiser Warren. I almost started <laughs> working out there myself. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, so, but, I worked there for like, yeah, eight and a half years. Okay, cool, cool. So when did you realize that what you were doing was not the way for you? Um, Somewhere somewhere around them i would say like the fifth six year mark i think i was at a point um where they was doing a downsize and i was almost it was almost where i could have got laid off but i i made it through the layoff and then they started cutting hours and if anybody know anything about a manufacturing company um a lot of times you work a lot of overtime and then sometimes when you work that overtime you start to rely on that overtime. So when they go to what regular hours are in pay, you're not used to that. You're used to making that additional money. So what ended up happening was I, I made it through the overtime, we made it through the layoff, and then um, they started making us work 40 hours for a little while. And that one don't cut it for me. So I felt like I needed like a part-time job. And um, I had a tax prepare who did my taxes and she always told me you know you should try to do taxes but I always kind of love think I love taxes before I even knew it because I used to every year I used to exactly where my building at in Columbus the IRS is what used to be in that same shopping center and um I wasn't in that building you know prior to that but every year I used to go at the beginning of the year and go get a tax book out the IRS office and then try to figure out how what my tax refund was going to be on paper and and when I decided to get a part-time job I ended up going to do taxes so I did taxes for two years prior to me actually going into my own business but once I took the tax class honestly I knew that I was going to own a tax business at that moment. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds like you 
you had a passion for doing it. And a lot of times I know people have struggled with trying to find passion in something that they do. But it sounds like uh, you kind of had that feeling the moment you started, um, you know, when you spoke to the lady getting your taxes done and then um, just investigating and, and doing your own research and walking into a tech, into the IRS and getting the book yourself. Right. So you you found this niche into doing in doing taxes and it's your passion and it's your thing, right? So how much overall did it cost for you to actually well actually just walk us through the process of starting a tax business and then we can talk about the cost associated with it after. So the process of um on a tax business, what a lot of people don't know is the tax industry is they don't have any mandatory licenses. Like I'm a real estate agent as well. So I had to get a real estate license um, to become a real estate agent. But to become a tax preparer, you don't have to have any specific um, educational background to be one. Usually you could take a, um, a class with a tax company like myself or H&R Block, Jason Hewitt, anybody who's offering a tax class and then you can actually become a tax preparer that same season if you like. So the first step would be, you know, if you want to do go the route of actually preparing taxes and work and starting your company would be taking a tax class. Because, you know, some people, they just be looking for investment. So they'll just put their money into a company, hire some tax preparers and then start a tax business. But if you want, you have that interest like I had um, where I wanted to actually prepare taxes, then you take a tax course and then you go do taxes. Um, I don't recommend, some people do. Um, I don't recommend that you just go out and start a um, tax company because people believe that if you go take a class, the class don't teach you practical um, scenarios of what, what you're doing with people's lives when it comes to taxes. They take, teach you basic tax laws. I mean, and then really basic tax laws. And the, the time of the classes is not long enough for you to be like really, really educated about taxes when you're dealing with people money so my recommendation would be definitely not just start one after you take a class but maybe go mentor or work under someone for maybe a year or two and really understand how taxes work and then possibly look into what it takes to of course to build and start your own business gotcha so if someone wanted to take that tax preparer course how much would it would it cost um, depends on what company you go with, but the average price to take a tax class is usually like one ninety nine. Um, I've seen some as high as like four ninety nine. Okay, and then so let's say someone goes and takes the course, right? What could someone who, um, you know, takes the course uh, and then becomes a tax preparer? What can they expect to make? Uh, let's say if they're working for you, Jackson Hewitt, or H&R Block, what can they expect to make their first year doing taxes? It's going to be on the individual, to be honest with you. It's going to be on the individual, and it's going to be on the actual company you decide to work with. So the difference between me and an H&R Block or Jackson Hewitt is that with my company, I pay my preparers commission. They're independent contractors. So they have to go out. They really have their own entity under my entity. I just supply the overhead for them. Okay. okay. And so 
how much they make would, would depend on them because it's about can how many clients can you go get? How many people can you convince to allow you to do their taxes? Um, how are you going to market it? to get clients and it's a very lucrative business so you really can't put a number on you know what you can make your first year especially working as a a contractor because you can go out there like the average cost and i'm just going by average the average price of a tax return um i would say it's about 250 to 275 you can get it lesser you can it can be more expensive right um if you're working with someone and they're paying commission depends on what the commission split is. Say it's 50 50. So you got 250 divided by um, 50%. That's 125. So it's a, it's a numbers game. So how many people can you get when you could charge them 250? And, you know, how much money do you want to make? Versus if you go work for like a Jackson Hill with uh, HR Block, they don't pay on commission, they have um, a commission draw. That I don't think it's very fair. You know, um, it might be good for like a beginning person that is starting out, right? Um, but they pay hourly, and then their hourly wage um, is based off your experience. So theirs can start. I don't even know if they start at minimum wage anymore, but they might start at minimum wage or say ten dollars an hour to maybe fifteen dollars an hour. They might pay twenty dollars an hour if you're real experienced. So it just depends on what route you want to go in. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, so you take the class. Is there anything else that's associated with it? I, I know, um, I think, from what I understand, you have to have a, a, a PTIN. Now, what is that? A PTIN is a personal identification tax admin. Uh, a personal identification tax number. Gotcha. <laughs> and that is what is assigned to you or you register for for you to be able to actually prepare taxes. So every anytime someone prepares taxes for money, you have to have a P10 that's on that tax return that you send out. So that's your, your number for you as a preparer. And then as a business owner, you have to have um, an EFIN, which is electronic filing identification number. So the business owner has to have an EFIN, and if you're prepared, you have to have a P10. Gotcha. Okay. So now that that makes sense. So coming into the game, you want to be a uh, tax preparer. You take the class, hundred ninety or hundred ninety nine bucks or or more, just depending on who you go to for the class. And then you go to the IRS website, right, and you apply for that P ten. P ten, right? And the P ten used to be free. It's like thirty four, thirty five dollars or something now. Okay, so now we're adding up the cost. We got two hundred dollars basically <laughs> for the class, and then thirty thirty five dollars for the uh, for the P ten. So we up to about two hundred and thirty dollars just to get started into the tax business. But it sounds like if you are a real hustler and a go getter, you can make some good money. But that also sounds like it's based off of who you decide to go with in order to uh, do taxes under, as far as your selection of business. Absolutely. Okay, so you got into the, the, the tax business your first year. What were some of the, the mistakes that you found yourself making when you first got started? P-Buy Hire. <laughs> <laughs> you do what now? <laughs> the P-Buy Hire. <laughs> um, some of the mistakes I made when I first got into tax business. Let me think. Um, 
I don't know. I, I can't really, I, you know, you make mistakes like errors maybe on, on people returns, but honestly, I, I don't remember. Um, or I can't think of right off hand anything that I just felt like was just horrible for me, really, except for the people. Okay, so working with people? Mm-hmm. Being, being selective who you who you bring into your business um, because it's a very lucrative business and you're dealing with um, people, personal information, and with the type of money that you can make in the business. Um, I think people... Um, eyes get real big and then they start to have greed and right. then they find different ways that they can get over on people and then you know they just start doing all kinds of crazy stuff so you have to be real selective um, when you are opening a company and then you bring people in under you um, I, when I started I don't know why I was like this I don't well I guess because I took some like some business class but I've always been like somebody who wanted um everything in writing so even when i started my tax business i always had contracts and so for me that would be my advice to anybody who started there's something they don't think about or they don't want to give a person make sure you have contracts when you start especially when you have people under you for your protection gotcha so i noticed that you have these huge billboards (laughs) <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> they look really good. It's some real nice, nice Thank billboards. So you. you're welcome. Um, so if someone's a, a tax preparer, how would you advise them to go about getting clients? Several ways. One way would be to, if you're first starting out, it's like I always tell my preparers or new preparers that's coming in. Usually when you take a tax class, you're taking it between August, September time. And so you're... Um, around your family and friends in October, November, December for the holidays. So wherever you're going, wherever you go out and anytime you're around your family members, you need to be telling people that you're doing taxes, letting them know that you're doing them, knowing, um, asking them if they need a new prepare, asking them they know, if they know anyone to send you, um, you know, clients or refer you clients. Um, I would, start interacting with people like on social media that look like they could be a potential client. Just start interacting with them, making comments on their posts, you know, um, compliment them, doing certain things and, you know, make a list. And then I tell them to make a list of 25 to 50 people. And then you go inbox those people and let them know, hey, I'm doing tax this tax season. If you look for a new repair, let me know. Or if you don't want to be that you know, salesy, then you find some information that you as a new preparer can really hone in as far as knowing, as far as education wise, and then introducing yourself to them and letting them know, okay, if you have a tax question, you know, that I can answer for you because people always want to ask somebody a question, right? Right. Um, Then, you know, ask me a tax question. And you're building relationships with people. And so when they when they think about taxes, they'll think about you. So that's like when you first start out, that's kind of what I would do. I send, look at my phone, 20, I always say 25 to 50 people in your phone, send them taxes um, because you got Thanksgiving, because you got Christmas, because you got New Year's. You know, just start building up communication with a list of people 
that you possibly can utilize. And then like a certain percentage of people might try you and they might refer people to you. So that's the easiest route to go. Gotcha. So and, and, and I think, you know, social media has made it a lot easier for you to get people on the outside um, right. from from your local area. But the one thing that I think um, social media has has kind of crippled the business or the new entrepreneur is the fact that you have a local clientele that you need to be trying to touch because I feel like if you access that local, if you can, if you can conquer the local populace to your side, then that just um, creates an even easier Avenue for you to expand your actual footprint when it comes to getting clients and then in uh, impressing upon them what it is you actually do. So you, I just, I just noticed that so much about people that I talk to when it comes to actual business. The first thing they want to do is they want to throw all these ads on Facebook and Instagram, right. but they've done nothing to impress upon the local populace of what it is they actually do and how they can serve them. So I think that's, so a, that's you, a real good I'm gonna point. I'm going to tell you this, though, what people don't do, right? And I think like with social media has kind of crippled people, and I still do it. I don't do it a lot because of COVID, but this is like always a part of my marketing strategy. I network as a business, if that makes sense. Right. So during the year, you're going to catch me if it's not COVID. You're going to catch me at least the two to four different types of events a month because you need to be shaking hands and seeing people and meeting people face to face. Right. You know, and then you can start developing relationships with them, you know, on social media. And I think that's kind of the best way to do it when you're dealing with social media, because even when you utilize social media, you print ads and different things on, on there. If you don't have the right copy for your ads, you're not going to get a hit. Right. So, you know, with, with, with all of that, right. Um, so we know the tax preparer, the business is basically based off of them. Now, I don't want you to put your, your, your financial status out there, but what I am going to ask, <laughs> what, um, what would you say is the the average that someone owns a tax uh, company could make during tax season? Um, it's a it's a it don't have a cap on it, and I'm just being kind of honest. It just really don't have a cap on it. Um, I think as a tax business owner, honestly, um, if you're doing it by yourself. You know, maybe 25 to 50, you know what I'm saying? Starting out. Um, and then in a year or two, you should be at six figures. Wow. So if you, you're doing if you're doing it correctly. For real. If you're right. doing it correctly. But that's a hungry business owner. That's somebody who who's doing everything that's necessary to get that. Now, if you're like um, on your well, on your own, you can. It's a very lucrative business. I'm just it's very lucrative. Okay, so here's where I'm at with this because you said twenty five to fifty thousand, right? You have right. some people who make twenty five to fifty thousand in an entire year, and you're saying that just between January and what are we talking about, April fifteenth? That when tax season ends? Yep. So between January 
and April 15th. The IRS started accepting taxes January 15th, right? Nope. They start accepting them now pretty much the now? end of January. Okay. So, yeah. So, from January to April 15th, you could potentially make what you're making right now, people, in in four months doing taxes. Right. And then couple of years down the road maybe the, the the following year you could be seeing six figures just based off of how hungry you are and you're only working four months out of the year there ain't no easy four months though it's I mean, still like 12 now <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if, you, if, if, <laughs> if you're making that kind of money that means that you're doing numbers and in order to do numbers, it's like, for me, you know, if you follow me on social media, I got a whole lot of other businesses, right? Right. But when it's tax season, you know, everybody already know you're not going to really see me. Right, right. <laughs> in my office from sunup to sundown. Gotcha. Almost seven days a week. Well, so. I mean you can't really, I mean, it's money. It's money to be right. made. So if you out there getting it like that, man, it's, it's, I, I ain't mad at you. And sometimes right. you just got to turn that phone off and just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm out here getting this money. I holler at you exactly, after April. <laughs> I and, that's you exactly, after April. and that's exactly how it is. I like, for instance, if like we're doing this interview now, right. In January 20 something, I ain't no really some, any, too many people inbox me about an interview. I ain't no be doing so many interviews for like, you know, about 30, 40 days because my mind is going to be on doing taxes. Now, I'm joking a little bit because I've learned how to balance it out because I've been in it for so long and I have, you know, a staff. So now I can, I don't, I have to be there, but I can, you know, I can get out a little bit during tax season, but usually a tax business owner, if you're really serious about your about your business and you're serious about making your money, then you're locked down during tax season. Gotcha. And now, if you're not, then you ain't making no money. Right. So unless you just run the company. Well we well, what about with COVID? Now I, I see where a lot of people are doing the virtual tax preparation. Um, are you doing that or is everything brick and mortar with you get people coming to your office still? The, the funny thing about me was I started doing virtual tax service, virtual service years ago. Um, and I thank God that I did. Um, I kind of already knew that the world was going this way. So I kind of prepared myself kind of in advance. So really it's not necessarily new to me. Um, just because I, I've done it the whole, you know, I know I've done it at least over five years. So it's not new to me. Now, when it comes to the actual tax industry, you know, um, it's new to a lot of other people because, you know, they're not used to dealing with their clients online. And then another thing is, you know, is people going to really trust you of you doing their taxes um, virtual it depends on how you build your clientele. Are you going to be able to really get new clients doing it virtual? But that's the way of the world. So you just have to wait and see. But And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be easier. It's going to be cheaper, you know, for them as far as overhead. Um, just because a lot of people, they shut their offices down and they make making spaces in their homes just to do taxes out their home. But 
and it's the way of the world. You just got to have a system set up because it's not going to be just easy to do. For me, I'm doing doing all of it. I'm not shutting my office down unless the, they tell me to shut it down. Now, we have went in. I went in and I, you know, I secured it as much as possible. So anybody come in, they're going to have to take we have to take their temperature. We have the shields up in on all the discs. We have um, shields we wear in the office. We wear masks. Um, we got sanitizers, Lysol, and all that different stuff like that. But the only difference is, like, my face-to-face clients, they only can do appointments. And then um, anybody else, if they don't have an appointment, they can come in the whole time the office is open, but they're only able to drop off. And then the rest of it is going to be virtual. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense, man. That, that, that's actually personnel management right there. It's fine. So, um, you know, with COVID, a lot of COVID business relief stuff is going on, for instance, like the EIDL, the Economic um, Injury Disaster Loan, and then the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. Um, do you deal with any of the businesses as far as helping them apply for that? I do. I helped several people um, the first round. It was new to a lot of us. Because, um, you know, of course, we, we haven't really had to deal with it before. But I just a lot of businesses um, the first go around. And actually, it's funny that you even mentioned it because prior to me waiting to get on with you, you know, they just released the um, requirements that they're going to want for the PPP. So I was reading that prior to me actually getting on with you. So, yes, I assist business with, I think, it's very important as a business owner to make sure that we're taking advantage of what the resources that are out there for us. Unfortunately, as a business owner, so many business owners, but I see that doing taxes, um, most business owners don't have a foundation um, for their business, especially when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. And to attain these particular loans, not necessarily the EIDL, they don't ask for that much but you still have to have your, your books in order because when they come back and look at it, you're going to need to be in order. So, yeah, I assist people with it. So uh, last year, and, and speaking of not having stuff in order, last year um, I qualified for the EIDL. So I got that, tried to do the PPP, was not successful with that. So, And I only bring that up because I feel like there's certain portions of that process that had I went to a tax preparer to take care of that stuff for me, I might have been in a better spot and I probably would have qualified for it. But I do plan on plan on seeing someone in order to take uh, take advantage of that for the next round and, and come to find out now just yesterday before I, um, you know, was it? Yeah, it was yesterday. So yesterday I spoke to a friend of mine, William Walker. He put me on to another guy who does um, taxes as well and just doing a, a preliminary interview with this guy. Now, listen to this. I missed out on $15,000 in mm. the Paycheck Protection Program because I did not go to a tax professional to assist me with that. When he ran the numbers for me, I qualified for 15 Gs for my company, and I missed out on it just from, from not knowing who to go to, which is also another reason why I wanted to do this interview with you, because if you are a business owner, understanding your taxes and, and things that you could take advantage of is extremely important uh, when it comes to providing capital and uh, funding that you need in order to run a successful business or even to scale it. So, um, 
you know, that that's real big. So if anybody's listening and you are a business owner, you need to see a tax professional when it comes to uh, this EIDL and the Paycheck Protection Program. Man, there's money out there. Don't leave any of it on the table. I agree. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to tell people this. The reason why a lot of people did not qualify for the PPP was because, unfortunately, when we in business, nobody teaches us this. So we can't really, I can't, you know, you be mad because people don't do right. But it's not a whole lot of education out there really to be honest with you when it comes to somebody telling you about how to to do your books and how to make sure you're how you to balance your income and your expenses. So usually when someone's coming to a, a company, a tax company, or they doing their own taxes, the first thing they want to do is write off anything they bought so that they can show a loss. And then they'll want to make up anything or, or over exaggerate on numbers just so they can have a loss. And then they think, okay, I'm good. They want to refund it. They don't want to owe. But then when it comes time to like what you just said, it's time for you to buy a car if you just self-employed. Buy a house. Because, I, of course, like I said, I sell houses, so I see it all the time. Buy a house. Um, like these grants came up for, and these loans came up for small business um, administration because of COVID. Even when you're, again, like you're trying to scale and you might try to go get business capital for your business. We think that, okay, I found my taxes and I'm in business, so I'm good. No, you're not good because you just, when you go and you find your taxes and you write up and you have a big loss, it's just like you're not in business. You're in business, but you're not in business because when it comes to making income, you have not made anything. Right. And so you have to show um, a net profit in order for you to get these things. But we want to show losses. So that's the problem. A lot of people was in business, but when they filed their taxes, they asked you for line 31. And when you, you when they look at line 31, line 31 has a minus sign instead of you know it being positive so that was the real issue with a lot of people when it came down to the ppp yeah so um and that's good to know um definitely moving forward so anybody that's listening or watching this and you're in business for yourself um at some point your business has to start making money start making money got a lot of e-commerce with no commerce and that ain't a good thing <laughs> so that that's the that's the downside you hustling backwards if you got a minus sign every tax season so trust me i've been there um and i'm just now starting to build up my businesses to the point to where um in 2021 i definitely should start seeing uh more profits month to month but that's just from actually you know getting started three well yeah three years ago now um going into the fourth year but that's taking some losses understanding how to uh function as a business understanding how to keep records and, and then understanding what to what to write off but then also i think the biggest thing i made was uh i tried to take care of too many people in business and and that was my mistake but you know you live and you learn moving right. forward now, you know, back to the whole the, the, the taxes itself in general. Um, so what's the difference? And I'm, I'm asking this question because I see a lot of people who uh, who do taxes also get into bookkeeping. So what's uh, what's an EA and what's a CPA? What's the difference between those two um, when it comes to doing taxes or dealing with taxes? 
So a CPA is, of course, you know, a certified public accountant. Um, and accountant balances your books. They're, they're bookkeepers. They 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 do profit and loss sheets. They do balance sheets. They they balance your money. They keep track of what you got coming in, what you got going out. Um, they can run all kinds of reports. Um, when you're talking about scaling your business, um, even like you say you want a government grant or you want, you know, different big loans and different things like that, they're going to ask for certain types of reports, certain type of documents that you're going to need. And usually a bookkeeper or an accountant, that's what they do. Gotcha. So um, now with being a tax preparer, right, tax business is only from January to April. But if you're a CPA and you deal with, uh, you know, taxes and stuff right. and, and, or bookkeeping, right. Is that something that can be sustained uh, through all year, all year, all year long? Mm-hmm. That's all year long because they have their clients, a small business owner like us. So if they're keeping your your books as far as your income, and your expenses, they have to keep that. For you usually monthly. Some people do it quarterly. And we actually add a bookkeeping to our um office this year. But you can do that um, monthly and quarterly. So depends on what the client want to do. So that's definitely a year round thing. I mean, they because some accountants don't even do taxes. Oh wow, really? You know, okay. So, right. Some of them don't even do taxes. Some of them just know accounting. They just do your, make sure that you accountable for your assets and your liabilities and your income and your expenses. And that's all they do. They just push numbers. They they like the real number pushers. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but some don't do taxes. Some do. Now with the role, the EA, the EA is an enrolled agent. And that's where you, you know, you take, um, it's kind of like real estate. You go take, a, you take a test and you get an EA a role agent license. And those are people who like prepares can sometime represent you. Like I, I got to go represent a client on Monday cause I got a power attorney. So I'm doing a, a um, mediation between, you know, with the IRS with her, but with the EA, they are the people who actually represent you with the, against the IRS. They have representation to, you know, like if you, want to offer and compromise often come preparers can do it as well but you do better when you know somebody who knows the ins and out of that particular part of taxes so for instance if you owe a lot of money to the irs you need to find somebody who has those types of certifications to be able to help you um lower your what your balance is going to be to the IRS and those are the types of things they do. And they could possibly do um, taxes as well, but some do, some don't. Gotcha. So, okay, cool. Now so, they make, they make, they make, now they should make a lot of money because their fees are really high. The EAs or the CPAs? <laughs> the EAs, the, and then even with the accountants, you know, their fees are pretty, you know, So I actually 32. Look- I, I looked into uh, now, now here's something crazy and it's funny you should say that because CPAs I I believe like outside of lawyers I think CPAs are the biggest <laughs> head muscles in the game so <laughs> and, 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 I, and, I, and you say that but even with the EAs because see for instance with an EA and don't ask me why I, I, I don't I mean I thought about going to take the test but 
you got to know what you like to do. That ain't nothing I really like to do. Because even with me representing my clients, when I have to represent and I just take go that extra step, even though that's not what I really want to do, that's not my lane. I right. can do it and I think I'm good at it, but that's not my lane. That's nothing I ever had the desire to do. But it's it's very lucrative as well because like a lot of times if some you have to represent a client against the IRS or do offer and compromise anything like that. Like their fees start at twenty five hundred, five thousand, mm. you know. Yeah, so they, they <laughs> that kind of way. So it's di- it's different ways to make money in this these different professions. Gotcha. So, but here's why I say that about the 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 CPA and why I say they the biggest head bosses. Now, it may seem you actually are getting a deal for what for for the cost because you're getting somebody to keep your records right year round. So you know, it's 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 still a deal. But here's where they right. get over right. CPA right in order to do books, and I'm just going to give you a quote from my company right. CPA. To do to do the books, four hundred dollars a month. But here's what that CPA works on my account a week, one hour, four hour, four hundred bucks a month. The CPA works one hour on my account. Is what was um, now I know it's what she she didn't tell me this, but I found out later on that it's one hour. So basically. She's making a hundred dollars a week to work one hour on my company's accounts. Now imagine if she has, I don't know, ten to twenty clients, and she's making that four hundred twenty times, and she's only working <laughs> one hour on each <laughs> one of those accounts. If that ain't the ultimate hustle and head busting at the same time, I don't know what is. Like but you, it's a lot. I mean, you had to think about it, though, because when you really think about it, it's a lot of industries like that. You thinking about it into that in that sense, because you having to pay that. But I always this is what I always say to my preparers. Right. When somebody tell them their their prices are too high. Right. I'd be like when they go take their car to the mechanic. Right. And the mechanic might have to put one little piece in their little car that might take them five minutes, right? And you got to pay them $400, like you just said, and it might take them 10 minutes to do it. We're going to complain because we need our car. But when we have to do something to that extent, you see what I'm saying? It's like, oh, that's too high. No, no. You know, so I'm, I'm just saying now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm saying. With I'm with, now, I, now, don't don't get it twisted. Now, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling her hustle. I'm right. just I'm just mad that it's a hustle I missed out on. Not you ain't missed that. You just said you're gonna retire. You look, you can catch in at any hustle. Man, I'm not. But that there, I ain't finna do. I just need to find a hustle that's that's for me. And right, right. now, you know this this I, I love I love technology. And, you know, I love everything about the Internet, which is why everything that I do in business is is centered around technology and the Internet itself. And I know that's my lane. I know that's my passion, um, you know, but, you know, the, the manual labor and the punching in numbers. Look, 20 years of being in the military and dealing with other people, kids and, mm. and you know, all kinds of uh, crazy stuff, deployments, you know, stuff like that coming in on now going to the other side. 
Um, I'm sorry, but I can't come work in your sit in your office and let you talk to me any kind of way. I can't come mm. sit at your desk and make you a whole lot of money while you pay me pennies. Um, right. th- there's just certain stuff that I'm I'm not okay with after going through what I've been through. So, which is why I kind of started the business stuff while I was while I was in the military. But no, you're right. You got you you have a absolute valid point. But when I when I look at the hustle itself, man, I'm just like this woman is going to make a hundred dollars an hour off me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, man. But you know that's just something that I if if I had not been in business, I wouldn't have known that these opportunities are out here. But this is something that I can you know pass on to somebody else and be like, hey, if, right. if you want to do a job that that pays you well. And you don't right. have to do a whole lot. You may have to take take a class, and you do have to go to um, class for for being a, a, a bookkeeper. When I um, after I talked to her and did some uh, some researching of my of my own, but you know this is stuff that I could you know pass on to my kids or just somebody that I'm mentoring in general who wants some information about being an entrepreneur. So, and then you have to think about like this because. A lot of times, you know, we we kind of look at like, okay, well, why I'm paying this person this, blah blah blah. First of all, it'd be a lot of different reasons why. It's one, it could be convenience, right? Because it's tedious to keep a book, right? Right. Um. So it's worth. It would be worth the money because it's 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 tedious, you know. And then not only that, a lot of times people got to understand that you're not just paying me for my time, right? You're also paying me for my knowledge. Right. Because in order for me to make you be good, right, I got to do a lot of studying. I have to do a lot to make sure I got a lot of things on point. So you just kind of got to think about it in that that way. Now, if you don't want to, like, when I'm the type of person, like, I don't, I don't negotiate prices. People are like you got you can always negotiate anything. Now, only time I negotiate something is when I'm trying to sell a house. Yeah. Meaning, I'm trying to negotiate for my client, right? Right. But when it comes to me as as a consumer purchasing from somebody else, I don't try to negotiate people prices. I just let people say what they want to charge me. And then it's my decision because I want I don't ever want to tell somebody what they're not worth, right? Right. So I always I I make it my decision. Well, you ain't just what I need to pay. I'm gonna have to go find somebody else. And then that's just what it is, you know. Yep, I completely agree. And I think once again another issue that I had getting started was you know the homeboy hookup. <laughs> I got, <laughs> you know I had to learn about the homeboy hookup like. You're not. Want to pay you? Yeah, you're not gonna get rich off the people that know you. Um, so it's it's when when you spoke about networking earlier, to me that was the key. I didn't really start seeing uh, my value and what I was worth and what other people were willing to pay until I went outside my comfort zone, um, and that all came from networking. So, um, yeah, uh, everything that you have uh, you have given. The viewers and those who are listening, um, I think you guys should definitely take advantage of this, man. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff came out of this interview today, and I want to thank you, Doctor Wright, for coming on. So let everybody know how they can reach you. Okay, so y'all know it's tax season because we're talking about it, All right? So if you're looking for a new tax preparer, somebody who is knowledgeable, 
who's want to make sure that you get the maximum return, but make sure that you're educated about what's going on with your return. You can find me. My company is Expert Tax Service. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're spelt with the X, not an E. Um, we are doing virtual service, so we don't just do local taxes. I do have local clients, though. So, um, we do... Um, Texas nationwide. So it doesn't matter where you live, you can come check us out. My website um, where you can submit your documents is www.experttaxservices with the S on the end.com. And if, if you're looking for like knowledge about different things in the tax industry, um, definitely follow my Facebook page. I do a weekly um, live where I call it Tax Talk with Gwen. And I, what I try to do is save people from getting scammed and make them understand your tax situation for real, just because I'm really passionate about it. And I don't want people to be getting out, getting out here being hacked because knowledge is really power. I can't do everybody's taxes, but I can save a couple of people from getting money stolen from them so definitely check me out follow us on um like i said facebook and instagram and go like our page and website so with that being said guys check this out here's what i'm gonna do um after this is over sometime this week all you got to do is go to uh our website and that's www.sixfigures.com that's s-y-x figures and what i'm going to do is when i upload the final edited version of this live i'm going to add what's known as show notes at the bottom so a lot of the information in which she just gave you i have available right there if you missed it and if you're listening to us uh on whatever streaming podcast platform make sure you visit sixfigures.com where you can get the same uh information as well so with that being said i appreciate you six figure guys checking in with us have a good night peace